Welcome to a Prevent Connect podcast, where we explore the prevention of violence against women. This is a project of the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault. Hello, this is Ashley Meyer. Hi, this is Leona Smith DeFaustino. And we are both with Prevent Connect. And we're here today to talk about utilizing volunteers in prevention. So, Leona, we had a conversation recently and we talked with some of California's rape crisis centers and CalCASA, the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault's member programs, about using volunteers in prevention. So some of the things that we talked about were key points like, you know, volunteers really like to be utilized kind of like staff. They need evaluation and good management and things like that. But I know that you've done a lot of work on the ground actually implementing prevention programs with volunteers. So we wanted to have a conversation about that today. Absolutely. I think that the idea of having a volunteer in our field is a very exciting thing because we are oftentimes understaffed and under-resourced. And so when there is a need or a belief of a need, folks say, okay, let's bring in volunteers. And then they bring individuals in and they go, oh, no, what do I do with them now? And it becomes really important that when you are looking at your need and you're saying that we need to accomplish something with regards to prevention at our organization, how are we going to do it? It's a very mindful and planned process. So Leona, what are some of the ways to be mindful and to plan that process? Well, I think definitely one of the first ways is to articulate your need. So what is it that we want to accomplish? Is it based on a grant? Is it based on community response? Is it based on, you know, a dream project that popped up into a staff member's head one night and they want to see it come to fruition? Once you have a good idea of what your need is, you really have to start thinking about what are the specific roles that we have to assign to accomplish this need? And then when you are thinking about your roles, you're thinking about, okay, well, is this something that can be done immediately off the ground? Is this something that's going to require training? Who's going to supervise this individual? How are we going to track it? I think one of the things that becomes important is that you can also incorporate volunteers in the evaluation component of the need that you've created. It's the full-bodied experience within the organization. Right, Leona, I think that's a really good point. Something that you said to me when we were talking was I took it kind of under the idea of there's big P prevention and there's little P prevention, sort of like we talk about evaluation the Mm -hmm. same way. And to really try to kind of think outside of the box when you're thinking about volunteers and you're thinking about how you can utilize volunteers to really further your prevention work. And I think that that comes into this idea of you have your prevention program. What are the aspects of the prevention program? So you, I'm a social worker and we often talk about the micro and the macro and then there's the mezzo. But when you have this prevention program, what are the goals of the program? The activities, once again, going back to your needs. And so when I talk about that sort of big P and little P of prevention, you can have volunteers that to implement this activity, you need to have X amount of 
folders created. And that takes a great deal of time for your prevention staff, but you don't necessarily want to use staff for that particular purpose. So you want to bring in a volunteer and that person is a part of the little P of the prevention program. It doesn't require a lot of training. It's a logistical need that's met and it's a minimal amount of supervision that's required. If you're going to go on to the larger P where you're implementing program in say a school setting or in the community, you're thinking about, okay, well, what type of training needs to be accomplished to get that done? How much time needs to be allotted for this? And who is really going to monitor that what we are asking of the volunteer is actually being accomplished? And also who is monitoring, making sure that we're not putting too much on volunteer? So, Leona, when you talk about not putting too much on a volunteer, I know we talked about the fact that many of us are constantly understaffed. So what are some volunteer management considerations for not doing that? I think that it really comes back to that idea of having a good plan of your needs and your wants, having a strong understanding of who's managing this particular component, who's going to be the main contact person for the volunteer. And like I said, that idea of the little P and big P needs. You want to really make sure that when you're bringing in a volunteer and they have an idea that they're going to be doing big P prevention activities and you're having them stuff binders or you're having them make phone calls, they're going to get burned out really quickly or they're going to become disenchanted and you're not going to be able to retain them in the same way that if you have someone whose capacity is not to go and do presentations in the community or in the classroom and you think that, oh, I'll just give them training and I'll push them and I'll guide guide them or mold them and it'll be okay. And then you're wondering why your recruitment is not as strong as you would like it to be. And that's thinking about as well, the age demographic of who you're choosing for your particular activities. Are you interested in recruiting youth? Are you interested in recruiting adults? Knowing that it is volunteer, it's unpaid. What are the levels of a commitment that you're requiring from individuals? When you have a good idea of what you want, you can articulate it to others and it gives them an option of choice of deciding exactly how much they want to invest in and you and your program. Right. You know, Leona, I have a quote here from one of Calcasa's volunteers. She said, I want to volunteer somewhere where I am passionate about their mission. It gives me an opportunity to give back to my community and help support issues that matter to me. So on our end, you know, we really will assess, well, what what is her capacity? What can she contribute? And what is she interested in? Because she's volunteering her time. So how can we be really efficient, effective, and interesting in what we're offering her to work on and the projects that we're looking at we need? help with too. Absolutely. And it helps create sustainability within this particular volunteer program that you're you're bringing up. And I think that that is the key as well is it's not, oh, I'm going to get a volunteer for this. I'm, I'm going to get a volunteer for that. It's really thinking about I'm creating a volunteer program. And when I'm creating a program, what are the steps that I need to create to ensure that this program has longevity? Now, if you decide that your program is only going to be for a, a need that is very specific within a particular time period... Absolutely, but you should still follow the steps of due diligence when constructing it in a way that you are getting what you need out of it. And I know Leona and I both have also supervised interns, and I think that we cannot go further without noting there really is a difference between interns and volunteers. Absolutely. I think that a volunteer is an individual that's coming in because they have a desire to help and to do, and not to say that interns aren't, but interns are usually attached to a greater need. So this need to complete a requirement for school or a need to acquire a 
recommendation or to have another line on their resume. Whereas a volunteer can be an individual that just wants to give back. And it isn't the act of giving as our particular volunteers, Ashley quoted said, is all that they are seeking. And so the type of activities you construct for them is based on that versus when you have an intern, there's a level of accountability and a higher effort on your end to ensure that it really is an appropriate type of setting for that individual. So Leona, let's recap the key considerations and key questions for volunteer management when it comes to prevention. I think the major one is what are your needs? Is it a lower level need or is it a higher level need? Who do you want? So the demographics, do you have a desire to have a youth focus prevention volunteer? Do you want someone who has a flexible schedule? Do they need to be in your office at X amount of time? Things like that. Who is supervising these individuals or individual? Will there be training? So depending on what your need is, thinking about what training will need to be involved to get that accomplished. And how are you evaluating if your needs are being met? And when I say evaluating, I don't want folks to think that you have to come up with some sort of evaluation tool. This is going back to the supervision of really making sure that you are adhering to whatever guidelines that you have created for the program and monitoring the sustainability of the program. Great. Well, thank you so much, Leona, for contributing your expertise to the Prevent Connect audience. And if you have any questions about utilizing volunteers for prevention, please do not hesitate to contact us at Prevent Connect. And you can find all of that information at preventconnect.org. Thank you for listening to this Prevent Connect podcast. Prevent Connect is a project of the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault with funding from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The views presented on Prevent Connect are not necessarily the views of the United States government, the CDC, or CalCASA. To learn more about Prevent Connect, visit www.preventconnect.org. For more information about CalCASA's mission or to show your support, visit calcasa.org. That's C A L C A S A.org.